This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. All right, I want to go to uh, Judy in Pennsylvania quickly, uh, and uh, she watched the special last night. Judy, what did you think? Hi, Glenn. Um, my heart breaks for all of Dallas, but it also breaks for this family. I don't think they did anything wrong per se. I think they were typical parents. We all do what we think is right and raise our children trying to love other people as the little children of God that they are. At least that's what I've always told my child. And when things go horribly wrong, we're left standing going, what the, how did I miss that? How could I have made it better? How could I have prevented this? I watched this with my 17-year-old son, and I think he couldn't understand my reaction to them because I know his back went up in certain spots because he knows certain things I would not accept out of him. But I kept trying to explain to him, like on on the gun control issue they brought up, these are people who obviously don't know anything about guns because patently what they were saying about the automatic weapons was wrong, just factually wrong. But... It was it was very interesting because they have weapons and yeah, she admitted or they, at least she claimed to. The yeah, one. And she admitted that I have a gun, but I don't really know how to use it. And 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 she's just against these um, these assault rifles, um, although her son didn't use a, a quote unquote assault rifle. It right. was a regular wood stocked rifle, which most assault rifles are. They just look scarier. Right. Exactly. Um, and she she. I, I didn't. It was really a confusing thing. Judy, thank you for your perspective. Uh, let me go to uh, Bishop Jim Lowe. Um, uh, Bishop Lowe is the uh, is the, just the the powerhouse in Birmingham, Alabama, where we went last summer, uh, and we become good friends. And I I called him this week and said, Bishop, please watch this um, from the eyes of a of a black man and somebody who has seen injustice firsthand. And tell me what we're supposed to get from this. Bishop, welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Glenn. How are you? I'm very good. What did you think last night? What We went through a full range of emotions. Well, you know, I, I, I could feel for what the parents were saying. They were not guilty of any crime. Yes. And it, it appears as though they sought to raise their son in a proper home. It appears to me they were Christians. It was appearing to me that the... Uh, they tried to raise him up on the right way. The father said that he told his son that the police were the authority. Sometimes the authority is wrong, and sometimes that, uh, and you still have to submit to the authority. I believe they did what every parent would do for their child. Unfortunately, what I think happened is that there was some poison that got into the mind of Micah, and that poison could not be uh, removed by what he saw that was going on around him. And that's what caused him to break. 
I could not, even when I heard you guys say, well, you had some issues with the parents. I would like to understand what issues could we have and what did they do that was... Oh, no, 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 no. No, I didn't have issues with the parents as far as... I, I'm not going to judge them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, good parents can have children that go horribly awry. Um, so I didn't have, I didn't, I don't think that they played a role in this at all. I had, I had problems with their, with their issues of gun control and things like that, but not as a parent. Well, you, you know, know what, what I mean. What I believe, Glenn, is that we have too much <laughs> misinformation that's out there, and we don't have enough of the truth. One of the things that Micah said, uh, that she said, Micah didn't like people to lie to him. I believe this was a patriotic young man who believed in America. He wanted to be a policeman. He wanted to uh, uh, be in the Army. He wanted to serve his country. But then the poison, all the vitriol that goes on in the world today, as if there's some force that's motivating everybody to turn against one another, it appears as though he saw the hypocrisy, and that's what broke him. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's what broke him. I don't know that's what led him on this new path. I'm still convinced that he had a um, uh, uh, either a, a, a Black Panther connection, where we have pictures of him with the Black Panthers, or Nation of Islam connection. I, there was something that helped him get on this path. Um, but I, I do agree that I think the first step was disillusionment. I, I think this is kind of like the Bubba effect, to where... He knew the system was fixed and broken, uh, and and it, it, we we don't we, we we don't stand we we aren't what we say we stand for, and he saw the hypocrisy and then wanted nothing to do with it and was disgusted and then started to search for new answers and unfortunately, just like ISIS, there are a lot of people out there that will provide you answers that are not necessarily good answers. Well, Glenn, as a pastor. I must strongly state, the only answer is the Word of God. The only answer comes from the words of Christ when he said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The only answer is that we turn back to the Word of God. And I hear no one speaking strongly and loudly of that answer from the public and what's there. And I think that's where our pastors and our pulpits must rally together, because if we don't bring back Christ, if we don't bring back God, then we're seeing more. This is just a precursor of what's going to go on. You see, Black Lives Matter and all these other people that are rallying up against what they see as injustice, there will always be injustice until we learn how to love and respect one another. And that can only come from the teachings of Christ. There's no teachings of a human being. I think, Bishop, because I don't know if in Birmingham you can see this or if it's just because I've been looking for it. Um, So I don't know how it's being imaged around the rest of the country, but there's something different that is happening here in Dallas than Ferguson and, uh, right? Do you see that in Birmingham? Do you see that here? Let me tell you what the difference is. These cultures that we saw in Charlotte when we went there, uh, uh, when we, and, and Birmingham, all of these places that have a background of strong Bible teaching, you don't see the riots. You don't see the anger that comes around like that. And that is because of the Word of God. But as you move further north where that teaching is not, where it's it's diminished by inspirational and motivational speeches, then you don't get the discipling of people, then we get the breakdown of society. I think this is purely, what's coming our way is purely a breakdown of faith or a... a, a, um, 
the fault of our churches. The, the I do. Um, you know, it's just it's it's the people of God, really, the ones who have said uh, that they are there to you know hold up the light and everything else that have just massively failed. Because I, if you see it in other cities where where you again you you hit the nail on the head, Birmingham, Dallas. And uh, South was it North Carolina um, when they when they were hit, all three have responded differently, and it's where there's a good good strong basis of faith. We had I don't know if you saw this video um, of can you play the audio of the um, the encounter between the Black Lives Matter protesters and the the typical. What the media, I mean, the media couldn't have gotten out of central casting uh, more, you know, redneck kind of looking hicks. Um, They really, they couldn't, Hollywood, you wouldn't believe it if Hollywood would have staged this. There's these guys in the back of a pickup truck with all kinds of flags uh, and, you know, wearing, you know, uh, Confederate flag T-shirts, you know, the cowboy hats. Uh, they look like, you know, a group of guys that you don't necessarily want to meet, you know, in the back, uh, you know, of an alley at night. Uh, you know, especially if you're a person of color in the South. That's that's you just you look at them and you're like, oh, my gosh, I saw <laughs> I saw deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see on the other side of the street were um, Black Lives Matter protesters and they are chanting the usual, you know, no justice, no peace stuff. Somebody decides on both camps, we got to stop shouting at each other. Let's go meet each other. And two of them meet in the center. By the end, both groups have come together and they're in a circle of prayer, hugging each other, Mm -hmm. praying with the police officer. And the black, one of the most amazing pictures is two black arms from each side around the back of a guy who is wearing a Confederate flag T-shirt. And I thought, this is, this is the answer. Nobody that's, wants to hear it, but that's the answer. That's the only answer, Glenn. Only answer. Because, you see, all hatred does, and anger and violence, is stir up more hatred, anger, and violence. The only thing that we don't try around here is the Word of God, which is love. He can you, said, love your enemies, and that's what we must learn to do. And, can, and, and let me tell you something else. I heard you say something the other day that you feel like maybe the white people need to come forward and say, we're sorry for what's going on. Let me tell you what also needs to happen. Black people need to come forward and say, we're willing to forgive what you did. Because it all begins with forgiveness. The do you think that, can I, go a step for, can I go a step further? Go. Do you think African Americans need to step, because I need to say, I need to say, look, African-Americans, I see what you've gone through. I can't relate to it. I see what you have gone through through generations. I am sorry that, that people who look like me did those things. I'm mm-hmm. sorry that this, this, is, this has happened, but it, it wasn't me. And so don't judge me on that. Let's come together because I'll right. listen to you and, and, you know, I'm not that guy. Um, you need but to do, do, that. Do, you, do you think that African-Americans need to come up and say, Thank you for that, and you know, forgive us for yes people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton yes. who have been race baiting us for so long, and we're not them. Glenn, for your healing, you have to confess your wrongdoing. For my healing, I have to forgive you for what you have done, and healing will come to both 
if we both, if you confess, isn't that what God said? If we confess, he forgives. In order for the world to be right, those that are offended must forgive, and those that have done the offense must confess. That is the absolute so, way that we come together. Help us out, because uh, um, so many people um, don't understand what Martin Luther King talked about, reconciliation. That pissed people off back in the 60s. It's pissing people off right now because they say, I didn't do anything. I had nothing to do with any of this. Explain uh, uh, reconciliation as Martin Luther King understood it. Explain why, why, would I have to, why would I have to confess a sin I didn't commit? I don't believe in Adam's transgressions that I have to pay for Adam's transgressions. Why do I have to pay for the sins of my father's? who didn't do anything either. Grant, I think the willingness to be able to admit that injustice is now. We do have injustice. We do have uh, things that are going wrong. And I think that's just the, that's the beginning of it. An acknowledgement that, yes, there is some racial bigotry that's still here. Yeah. And the acknowledgement of that and the willingness to root it out is what black people need to hear. That's what Black Lives Matter. We just want to hear, when they make the statement, we just want to hear that you recognize that there are some bad cops out there. Okay? That's right. the recognition. You don't have to talk about what you did in the past, but what happened in the past is still the past. But more importantly, what we have to do is confront you with forgiveness, not confronting we, you better tell me something or do what, what we want you to do. It's a two-fold street, and we both must stop looking to blame the other. I must accept that, that I'm going to forgive you. I look inside of me, you look inside of you. Glenn, people said to me, how could I sit with an avowed racist when I talked with you? Well, it's because <laughs> we had to communicate in order to find reconciliation with one another. When you and I became at least friends to be able to communicate, we were reaching out to one another. And as a result, yeah. we found unity in the purposes of Christ. But and when also... blacks and white reach out to each other to find unity in Christ, we can have a nation that comes together. When, when we recognize that we have to have love, a love that forgives is a love that will heal the wounds of the anger that injustice makes us feel. And we've got to learn to forgive the past and love at last the work, at the, and, and work for the good that's meant for our bad. We can do but this. We, we, we also, um, Bishop, what was important in our relationship is you um, did enough of your home, own homework of sitting down with me, etc., to know that what you heard about me being a racist was right. not true. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so we, we, it is a two-way street. Bishop, and Glenn, the, you're not. And though I do still have people who have accused me of saying that, and, and I, I say, know. you don't know the man. But I also recognize one of the things we have that's a problem with going on today is that too many people are slanderizing others with information they don't know. And therefore, we mm. need to stop that because the Word of God says you should not say to a brother or to another person, thou fool, or you should not declare any names, because as you insult, it puts you in danger of judgment. We must stop the name-calling, and that goes from our political candidates also. They must stop name-calling people when they disagree with principles that others have set up. Right or wrong, we must respect the dignity of every human being, and that begins with the words that come out of our mouth. Because the words that we speak begin to become actions that we take. 
Back in a minute. Um, Bishop, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.